it's another episode of Delisted the Podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. Let's check in with Kanye West. Is he good? What do you what do you what do you think the answer to that question is? I don't want to put money on it. <laughs> don't even put a cent on it. Not even a hay penny. <laughs> Not a hay penny. <laughs> so last time we talked about Kanye on this podcast. Mm-hmm. He had just broken up with Julia Fox. That feels like years ago. And it was literally just weeks. Yeah, it was three weeks, two weeks probably. Um, So you had just broken up with Julia Fox. He was fighting with Kid Cudi over Cudi being friends with Pete Davidson. He was still harassing Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson on social media. That's the last time. That's what we talked about the last time we talked about him. And a lot, lot, lot has happened since then. We won't cover it all. Because no. this is only a 45-minute show or however long it is. Yeah, but, we, don't, we don't have the kind of time that Peter Jackson had when he was making the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So we can't dedicate that much. We can't dedicate all the time needed to what Kanye's been up to. Yeah, and even then, it still wouldn't be enough time. But um, since then, Kim and Kanye have been declared officially single by a judge. They still have some divorce stuff to work out before they're divorced, divorced, but they're single. Mm-hmm. Kim is still with Pete. They're going, they're going strong or whatever. <laughs> they're, Strong-ish. They're, yeah, strong. Well, he got several tattoos devoted to her onto his body. He got her name branded into him. At at what point? At what point do you just be like, Pete? Just get a T-shirt with my face on it. Don't get another tattoo. Just get the T-shirt. She probably loves it. And it's probably, he probably had to get it as part of the satanic uh, ritual involving Chris, where Chris officially takes his soul. Yes. So I think, yeah, that's part of that. I thought that they did some kind of fire thing there, but I guess branding is probably part of it. Yeah, that's, that's my guess. He also got a tattoo that says, my girl is a lawyer. Which, that's like... (laughs) <laughs> needs needs verification. <laughs> she's she's kind. It's like my girl's a lawyer. Asterisk. And if like my girl's a lawyer, sounds like the sequel to my girl, where Anna Klumski goes to law school. Oh, and she takes those bees to court. Yeah. She- <laughs> <laughs> she finally gets she revenge win- on those. Fucking she wins murders. the hive. Yeah, she wins the hive in court. Okay, so but Pete getting branded with Kim's name is nothing compared to nothing you know it's fucked up it's nothing compared to what Kanye has been up to no (laughs) so Kanye has still been harassing Kim and Pete on social media even though Kim asked him to stop and Kanye is still going after celebrities who speak out against what he's doing so when DL Hughley said that what Kanye do is doing to Kim is stalking behavior Mm -hmm. Kanye made fun of DL on Instagram, made fun of his looks, of course. And when Trevor Noah said on The Daily Show that Kanye's obsessive behavior is concerning, Kanye, how do you think, well, you know how Kanye responded, Allison, but if you didn't know how he responded, how would you think he would respond to Trevor Noah saying that what he's doing is dangerous? Yeah, I would say he probably uh, came to it with a level head, reflected for a moment, kind of did like the thing where you like put your hands together and you like point your two pointers fingers together and put it in front of your face. And he'd be like, hmm, Trevor, my dear, 
you are correct. I have been relentless with my ex-wife, Kimberly. Thank you for opening my eyes. Now, Michael, is that what happened? Yes, that is exactly what happened. Okay. He, he responded with a very level-headed response, which was mm-hmm. to call Trevor Noah racial slur repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And that's what got him. That's what's probably what got him banned from Instagram for a full 24 hours. That was the racist slur that broke the Instagram, Instagram social media camel's back. Yeah. Instagram camel's back. Mm-hmm. Um, so Trevor's mother... She was a victim of domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. His stepfather shot her. Thankfully, she survived. So Trevor said on The Daily Show that we're watching Kanye harass and stalk one of the most famous women in the world, a very rich and famous woman, and even she can't get him to stop. Mm -hmm. And he said it's shining a light on what women go through when trying to leave toxic relationships. Trevor said that he's not saying that Kanye is a bad person, but that Kanye needs therapy. And as I said, Kanye responded by calling Trevor a racial slur. Which is which is the natural response, right? When someone's like, hey, you're doing something wrong. The first thing you, wh- yeah, you whip out your bag of racial slurs. <laughs> which is what Kanye did, basically proved Trevor Noah's case. So Meta, the company that owns Instagram, locked Kanye out of his account for 24 hours for violating its policies on hate speech and bullying. So Kanye has been given the keys to his account back, as far as we know, because it's been longer than 24 hours since he's been locked out, but he hasn't posted anything yet. Do you think that was a fair punishment, the 24 hours? 24 hours is nothing. Michael, when you break down 24 hours, it sounds like a lot. 24 sounds like a lot of things. Like if I offered you 24 tacos, you'd be like, that's too many tacos for me. So it's it's a lot. But it, when you take it out, okay, how many hours do we think Kanye sleeps a night? I'm going to guess 10. He's rich. Rich people always sleep a long time. Well, based on how he sounds, zero. It sounds yeah. like he doesn't get any oh, sleep. He sounds like he's he miserable. Slept. Yeah, he sounds like he hasn't slept in twenty since twenty nineteen. But I would guess that ten of those hours are spent sleeping. Maybe uh, realistically, three of those hours are spent eating. So we're what we're thirteen now. Technically, his punishment was like what five hours. That's nothing. That's like taking a small trip to the mall and coming back and being like, oh, I haven't, I haven't uh, gone on Instagram since I left. So how long do you think he should have been banned for? Forever. I don't know forever because it's like he would have just moved to somewhere else like TikTok. And do I want to see Kanye West doing TikToks? I don't think so. I think he's already on TikTok. I think I've already blocked him on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I block most celebrities on TikTok because I don't want to see celebrities on TikTok, especially Kanye. Yeah, it's not worth your eyes. I think like banning him for like a whole week would probably do a little damage. That would make you think at least. I would hope. But what do you think would be reasonable? Well, I think maybe for a while his posts should be pre-moderated. So they should be have to be approved by a therapist, a lawyer, another therapist, another lawyer, another therapist. Another, and then, but then he probably wouldn't be able to post anything. They're like... Yeah, then it becomes a it becomes a permanent lifetime ban, essentially. <laughs> yeah, but so he's not banned anymore, as far as we know. So Trevor responded to Kanye calling him a racial slur, and Trevor kept it classy. Mm-hmm. He said that Kanye is 
such an impactful artist and is a big part of his life, and that he doesn't care that Kanye is a Trump supporter and makes fun of Pete Davidson, but Kanye is going too far. And Trevor has read so many headlines where husbands have killed their exes and then themselves, and he doesn't want to read that about Kanye. And about Kanye calling Trevor racial slur, Trevor said that the biggest trick that races have pulled is teaching Black people how to strip each other of their Blackness whenever they disagree with each other. Mm -hmm. And he ended by saying that they hope they can laugh about this one day. I mean, let's hope. Because right now, not that many people are laughing at what Kanye is doing. Like, no. it, is, it is very kind of, like, I don't necessarily know if it's, I mean, I know people keep saying that it's, like, stalkery, like, D.L. Hughley and stuff said it's stalkery. It's more, not, I shouldn't say it's more. Let me start this again. It's, it's just, like, pure asshole behavior. Well, it's stalker. To me, it's stalkery because he's obsessive. Like, he's... yeah writing about Pete all the fucking time and Kim all the fucking time. And it's like, we get it. it you is, hate them. You're right. It is very change the channel, Kanye. You need to think of something else to talk about. So Kanye didn't respond to Trevor. Um, he hasn't posted on Instagram. He hasn't posted on anything as far as I know. Uh, but he was also banned from something else. So he was banned from performing at this year's Grammys. The Grammys are on April 3rd. Kanye was never confirmed as a performer, but he's up for five Grammys, including mm -hmm. Album of the Year twice. Right. One for his own album, Donda, and one for Little Nas X's Montero. He's a producer on it. But Kanye's people said he was supposed to perform, but they received a call from the Grammys pulling his invite to perform over his concerning online behavior. <laughs> Air quotes. <laughs> That's yeah. like the PR version of saying like, Kanye, you've been saying some really fucked up stuff on Instagram. Trevor Noah is hosting the Grammy, so that probably has a lot to do with it as mm -hmm. well. Kanye is still allowed to go to the Grammys. And if he wins an award, he can accept it if he wants to. And He cannot sing into that microphone. No, he cannot perform. So Trevor responded to the Grammys banning Kanye from performing by tweeting... I said, counsel Kanye, not cancel Kanye, saying Kanye needs therapy not to be. He doesn't need to be canceled. He needs therapy. So what do you think of him getting banned from performing at the Grammys? I personally, it's not like 2010 anymore. So a Kanye West performance doesn't really, you know, get me get me too excited and bubbly like it used to like Donda is a fine album it's not my favorite it's not my cup of tea so I mean I'm not that bummed out that he's not performing but also yeah right now it just seems like the kind of thing where like you said Kanye's Instagram post should be moderated I feel like Kanye's perf live performances should maybe be pre-taped for the time being just because who knows? I mean, what if he goes off script and just doesn't sing a song and just talks about Kim and Pete Davidson the whole time? That's the thing. I think that the Grammys are fucking sneaky for this because yeah. they're <laughs> banning him from performing, but they're like, but you can come. So they do want some Kanye drama because they know it's good for ratings and it's they're going to get a lot of attention the next day for it. So they're 
saying like, we don't want you to perform, but please come and please act a mess just a little so we can get some attention. So I think, and I think that that's a mess. I don't think he's going to show up. But if he does, I feel sorry for the whoever is in charge of working that button, the sensor button that has to hit so we don't hear whatever. If Kanye does show up, that person, they're probably going to quit on the spot. Oh, they're gonna, at the very least, they're going to get carpal tunnel syndrome from hitting it so much. Their wrist is going to be fucked for years. Yeah, my their deductible is probably too high for that shit. So they're <laughs> like, no, I quit. <laughs> I'm not going to put my finger through this. The recording enemy doesn't have top of the line health care for its employees to cover that kind of stuff. No. Severe wrist damage. Okay, so the Oscars are this weekend on March 27th. Mm-hmm. Eight awards like Best Makeup and Hairstyling, Best Film Editing, Best Original Score will be given out before the live telecast, but I'm sure the show is still going to be 12 hours long. Oh, God, yeah. it's you're, I think I've said this last year on the podcast. You're so lucky living on the West Coast because by the time it finishes, you still have, you still have some, like, air left in your sails. Yeah, we can still watch something else. We can watch a palate cleanser because for us, it ends like at 8.30. Yeah, and I'm like rolling into bed having nightmares about the Oscars because it ended five minutes earlier. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't give you a restful sleep. Um, it will be hosted by Amy Schumer, Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes. We'll cover it all in our next episode if we don't fall into a coma from watching it. Um, but we're going to do the thing we do every year which is give our predictions on who we think is going to win in the main categories, not who we want to win. Michael, I'm glad that you specified that because (laughs) I'll tell you what I was going to do in this segment is tell you who I think should win. (laughs) Oh, you're going to tell us who you think should win? No, I'm going to tell, I'm going to say who I predict. If I had to like, if I was betting money on this, this is who my picks are. Okay. So, and Allison, you've seen all the Best Picture nominees, so you're coming into this with some true insights. Oh, with some real heat in my seat. This is the first year I've watched every single Best uh, Picture, and I feel very proud of myself because that was a chore. That was it work. Is. <laughs> it is. I still have two more to go. I've seen everything, like in the main categories. Mm-hmm. I've seen everything except Licorice Pizza and Belfast. I have been avoiding those, but I'll, I'll get it done before this weekend i will say if you need any motivation to get it done i'm not going to talk about belfast because i can't mislead you like that i can't dangle a carrot in front of your face that doesn't exist but in licorice pizza bradley cooper it's worth it for his scenes alone they're incredible they're really good it makes it worth watching the movie uh okay lady gaga i know (laughs) pushing for this bradley cooper Okay, let's start with the category of Best Adapted Screenplay. Mm -hmm. The nominees, Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, The Power of the Dog. Allison, you go first with these. Who is going to win? Okay, so for Adapted Screenplay, uh, I would pick Drive My Car. Okay. I didn't realize that it was adapted. I thought it was original, but I think it's adapted from a short story. And... um, yeah, I, I think that it's knowing that if it was like in the original screenplay category, I'd be like, yeah, it's going to win. But knowing it's adapted, yep, still going to win in that category. Okay, who do you think it's going to be? Okay, I'm going to predict 
that Sam Elliott, if he still has tonsils, he's going to screen them off mm-hmm. because I predict Power of the Dog. Oh, I yeah. predict is going to pick up a few, including this one. Okay. So Power of the Dog. So best original screenplay. Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, The Worst Person in the World. I think it's Licorice Pizza. Because it won at like the um, Writers Guild Awards, I believe. I could be wrong on that. Please don't fact check me, anyone. It it won a recent award for screenplay. So, and I just realized that Paul Thomas Anderson has never won an Oscar before. So this is going to be it. This is it. I think. Yeah, I think this is going to be it. Who do you think it's going to go to? I mean, I want it to be the worst person in the world because I wanted to win something. It should be in Best Picture, but right. I'm going to say Licorice Pizza. Okay. All right, we're all the same on that one. And I still don't know how Don't Look Up was nominated for anything, let alone screenplay. It's shocking. Shocking. Original screenplay. That's. I'm like, okay, yeah. Okay. Best supporting actor mm-hmm. Kieran Hines for Belfast, Troy Kotsur for Coda, Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, Cody Smith McPhee for Power of the Dog. Should we just say it together? Yeah. One, two, two three. Three. Troy Kotzer code. Yeah, Troy Kotzer. <laughs> a lock. It's totally a lock. I mean, even if it wasn't a lock, I'm always going to root for the person, you know, playing like uh, a really horny middle-aged dad. But his performance was good. So. In a newsboy cap. So yeah. <laughs> that throws puts it all together. So best supporting actress. Mm-hmm. Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter. Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Judy Dench for Belfast. Kirsten Dunst for Power of the Dog, Anjane Ellis for King Richard. This is going to be another one, two, three situation, Michael. I don't know because I went back and forth with this one because I think it could be an upset. Okay, me too. Me too. Okay, so you go first. I am positive it's going to be Ariana DeBose in West Side Story. Yeah, me too. That's what I'm going to say is Ariana DeBose. But I could was... go to Kiki That's or Anjane Ellis, but I think. Ariana DeBose, I mean, she's been winning all season. Rita Moreno won for this, playing the same role. So I feel yeah. like they want to pay tribute to that. Yeah, it's a cute, and it's a cute story to say, like, this person won for this, and then they won for the same role. Like, that is cute to be able to. Oscar voters like that. So I yeah. think, and she's like n- new and young. So yeah, I'm going to say Ariana DeBose yeah. as well. So best actor, Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos. Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. I feel like this might be a one, two, three as well. It definitely is. One, two, three. Will Smith. Will Smith. (laughs) That's a lock. The end. Yeah, but I think that that, to me, that could be also be an upset one. And I think that it could be Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. But if it is, yeah, it'll probably be Benedict Cumberbatch. So Best Actress, Mm -hmm. Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, Kristen Stewart for Spencer. This one's up in the air. This one could truly be anyone. But if I had to like, if I had to pick one, I would say it, I feel like it will go to Jessica Chastain. That's what I'm saying too. Have we? Have we? Oh, we've agreed on everything but one. Yeah, except for adapted screenplay. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so probably for- it's probably going to be Jessica Chastain. So best director, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Ryosuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. I think it's Jane Campion. I say Jane Campion. As well. Yeah, sorry, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Because <laughs> it was a that was like a very beautifully directed movie. I mean, I think it could also go to um, Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, but the direction and power of the dog is really beautiful. And she's never won a director. That's right. Oscar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Best picture. Grab a protein bar because it's going to take me 45 minutes to get through. But uh, the nominees are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story. Okay. Um, I, Michael, I have, I have two picks for this one. No, you have to pick one, Allison. There's no tie. Wait, unless, which, you, unless you're saying there's going to be a tie. Which that is a, t- that's a <laughs> rough prediction to make. I know in Las Vegas, I don't think they allow you to be like, can I pick two, please? I feel like it could be Power of the Dog. I think it's going to be Coda. Yeah, I'm going with Coda. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. that kind of surprises me that we both picked it. But I almost went with Power of the Dog t- as well. But I think they're going to give it director and screenplay and then codas they want to give it to a feel-good movie i think so it's a feel-good movie and also too like i was trying to explain it to somebody recently and i said it's the type of movie that you don't often see like for me i really like to see working class people you know on screen like i like to see good portrayals of like regular people and also it's a movie where you know three of the five leads are deaf actors which is very cool like again you don't see that type of representation so it's it's just like it's it's like nice like i like i like that about it yeah that i yeah i think that yeah it's going to win i think i I think but so those are our predictions we agree on every single one it's it's going to come down to adapted screenplay for us allison to see who wins the delisted oscar pool (laughs) <laughs> it's it, it's yeah. coming down to adapted screenplay but bonus prediction allison okay who's going to say something really stupid during their speech that they have to apologize for the next day i mean the <laughs> my gut is telling me to go with jane campion <laughs> here <laughs> but it but that might be too the upset might be will smith that's the upset. So the, your choice is Jane Campion, and second is Will yeah, Smith. Will Smith saying something about Jada and their marriage. He always has to talk about yeah their marriage and their genitals. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I say if Jessica Chastain wins and she doesn't spend her entire speech bowing down to a Tammy Faye cardboard cutout, then she fucked up and should apologize for that. Yeah, and wouldn't apology even suffice at that point? No, we would not accept it. <laughs> So, Michael, we talked about this on the podcast quite a few weeks ago, um, but Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott had a second baby on February 2nd. And for all intents and purposes, that baby's name was Wolf Webster. 
Well, Mm -hmm. I've got to tell you, Michael, that is not what that baby's name is anymore. (laughs) It is not Wolf Webster. Wolf Webster, we hardly knew ye. So Kylie announced like yesterday, she kind of like threw up an Instagram story saying like, surprise, that's not our son's name anymore. And the only reason she gave was she said it didn't feel like it was him. So she hasn't said who, (laughs) she hasn't said what the baby's name is now or like what they changed it to. Just that Wolf Webster didn't feel like it was their baby. So that's not what his name is. Translation, naming our baby Wolf didn't get us all the attention we thought we were going to get since other people are named Wolf. So we're back to the fuckery board. Yeah, we realized way too many celebrity babies and regular babies are named Wolf and... That wasn't the vibe we were going for. No. What do you think they're going to settle on? Um, well, if she's going to keep it real, she'll probably just call him that one. Because that's yeah. probably what she's going to call him. I'm going to say they're going to keep with the um, wild dog theme. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Coyote with a K. Okay, what are you going with? Uh... Truthfully, Wolf Webster kind of fit that baby. A little weird, but also kind of basic. And that sort of, that kind, you know what? She should just name him Kyle. Kyle Webster. There you go. There's not enough Kyles in this world. <laughs> Bring or it back. Webster. Yeah. Webster, Webster. <laughs> Webster 2. Webster squared. So, Michael, this news made me sad. I think it probably made you sad as well, if I had to guess. But... The Maury Show, hosted by Maury Povich, um, has is ending after 31 seasons. Ah, ah, I know. <laughs> I hope you landed somewhere soft when you yeah. slid down the wall. Um, first of all, Maury was on for 31 seasons. Yes. I have lived most of my life with Maury. I know. So have I. Yeah, that Maury was shocking. Us. Yeah, well, but yeah. But I haven't watched Maury probably in 15 years. I mean, it's tough because he comes on during the day or like in the afternoon. So you, it's like appointment viewing. You have to turn on your television and find the cable channel. It, it was tr- on a, yeah, I used to watch him more like in school because you would yeah. come home and then you would watch like Maury, Jerry, Jenny, Ricky. No wonder we were fucked up. Oh, my <laughs> We, we would watch all of that in one afternoon. <laughs> oh my God, that was my 10 to 2 in college. Ricky, Jenny, Maury, Jerry, yeah. <laughs> like, no wonder. <laughs> and like, and I didn't watch it because I thought it was bad. I watched it because I thought it was good. <laughs> it was entertaining. Yeah. And I just hope the final guest is Victoria. The cotton ball lady or the pickle lady? No, Victoria, Victoria. Um, she was the 15-year-old. Who- oh. <laughs> Yes. And she's the one if uh what's oh, my favorite quote of hers is um I'm gonna buy my baby all the best designer clothes and if I can't afford it, I'm gonna steal it. Yeah. Yes. S T I L steal it. S T I L steal it. I'm gonna dump my baby in all brand names, and if I can't afford it, then I guess I'm gonna steal it. My mama thinks that I'm not ready to have a baby, but I have everything my baby will need. If my baby gets clothes and it needs a blanket, it's alright, because I I hope. Here's here's hoping because the Maury show, the last episode will be in fall of 2022. So there's still time for that booking agent to yeah. hook us all up with that. 
Okay. So we know that Rihanna's having a baby. Speaking of speaking of babies, because Maury did a lot of paternity tests. Um, so we know Rihanna's having a baby. She's probably having it fairly soon because she's like big. Like she looks more pregnant than not pregnant. Rude. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, no, but it's true. It's like eventually yeah, you get to a yeah. point where you look at a pregnant woman and you go, yeah, you'll probably have your baby soon. You don't have many months, many more months to go. So um, she was seen shopping in Los Angeles in, um, I mean, here's the thing. Rihanna is a billionaire. So where do you think, where do you think a billionaire would shop for baby clothes? Target. Of course. Michael, you got it. Exactly <laughs> right. Rihanna was spotted shopping in Target. And also, so there's like paparazzi pictures of her. And some people think she might be having a girl because she was like spotted putting like dresses into her cart. But many people will point out that she was also picking up boy clothes as well. So it could be for her baby. It could be for like nieces or nephews. We truly don't know. Well, we know it's 100% for promo because <laughs> this photo shoot was so staged. It was it was like everything was, the lighting is gorgeous. She looks gorgeous as always. She's, oh, dressed She's perfectly. wearing designer from head to toe <laughs> in shit that only she can pull off. It's the, I mean... And a paparazzi, like, in the middle of Target. In the baby like, aisle. In the sleeper aisle. <laughs> hiding behind a hiding behind a rack that has cat and jack and child of mine clothes. I know. And if, <laughs> and if you are not a paparazzi who was hired by a Target to take promo shots for Rihanna, and you're just some creepy man with a camera in the middle of a ba- the baby <laughs> aisle, you should be escorted out. Yeah, you need to get your life together if that's the point. Also... You think it's for promo. I think that she actually was shopping. I think she legitimately was buying Target clothes for her baby. But it's just the stuff that the baby's going to wear on its way to get fitted and measured for, like, custom Gucci clothes. Um, Okay, so speaking of babies and speaking of pregnant people. So Stephanie Beatrice plays the main character in the movie Encanto. Her name's Mirabelle. Michael, have you seen Encanto? No, I don't watch those children movies. I can't. I can't sit through them. I hear they're all good, and I want. I want to see Coco. So maybe yes. if I see Coco and I like that, then I'll move on to Encanto. You should. And then when you're done with that, watch Turning Red. I just watched it. Oh, oh this is too many already. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm this overloading is, you. This is a lot of yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of <laughs> one at a time. Yeah, okay, have you movie. seen it? I mean, no, I haven't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have also not seen Encanto. <laughs> um, but. So Stephanie Beatrice is in Encanto and she recently said, like, we're talking about Encanto because it has three Oscar nominations. Um, but she said she was secretly in labor while she was recording the song Waiting on a Miracle, which is like one of her solo songs in the movie. And she said that she like woke up that morning and was feeling con- contractions, but she decided to go and record anyway because it was scheduled. She had like a booth time or whatever. And she said she went in anyway because she didn't want to freak out anyone at Disney and so she was like in labor the whole time. And then she gave birth the very next day after she recorded it. Okay, Allison. Yeah. Someone who has given birth, who has gone into labor and given birth. Yeah. Is this crazy? Okay. I'm going to say yes. Because when I was in labor, I specifically remember this. I went into labor. I had a real quick labor. Like for me, it was like lunchtime to midnight. That was it. But I went into labor and you're not you're not like allowed to go to the hospital or the birth center until you're in like active labor. That's the one that you like see in the movies, right? So I was in regular kind of labor and I was trying to watch, I think it was All Stars 5, Drag Race All Stars 5. And it took me three hours to get through one episode because I had to keep pausing it because my contractions were like 
so they were so distracting like you can't you focus, focus on anything yeah. no and it's like i'm trying to watch like manila luzon do a lip sync to like whitney houston or something and i just had to keep pausing it took me so long so for stephanie beatrice to show up to work and sing a song all day her child was doing her favors by maybe not giving her the worst of the contractions yeah and people were like clapping like oh my god this is so amazing i was like yeah but the fact that she felt like she had to go to war yeah disney couldn't give the day labor, off i know like and you know mickey mouse was standing there like you better not fuck this up you oh he was t- he was timing her but then but then if she if she told mickey that she was going into labor he would have take that baby as a payment for putting her in encanto so yeah it's probably best she didn't she didn't say anything. All right. So finally, Michael, Keith Richards is 78 years old. And that shocked me because I thought Keith Richards was... 256. The, yeah, close At to... At least. Very much. However Methuselah's age is, that age. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought he was clocking in at at least uh, two centuries. Um, but he's only 78. Keith Richards was a smoker for 55 years. And... He recently did like an interview with CBS and he said that two years ago he quit smoking and he just decided to do it. So he quit and he like did the patch and that was it. And he said that he's like happy because now when he sings, he has like more air in his lungs. He's got a better voice. He's got way more stamina. And yeah, the like love affair between Keith Richards and cigarettes is pretty much over. And the the cigarette industry is probably over now. Oh, they, yeah. They, Bankruptcy, they chapter last. 11. <laughs> well, how much is a pack of cigarettes nowadays? Uh, like, I, don't, I don't know. 20 bucks? It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. However much it is, even Keith Richards was probably like, I mean, I'm a millionaire rock star, but I can't afford this anymore. So I have to quit. The inflation, it's getting to all of us. <laughs> It's been a while since Delos to the podcast went to the movies. I think the last movie that you and I talked about, Michael, was Diana the Musical on Netflix. That was last year? I think it was like... I don't know. I blocked that one out. Pre-Christmas? horrible. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So in honor of being Oscar week, it feels very appropriate that we uh, go back to the cinema or our couches. I mean, this is where I saw this movie was my couch. Um, And we decided to talk about Deep Water which is a movie that was released last Friday. It was filmed in 2019. So this is like a three-year-old movie. It's starring Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas when they were, were still they dating. hooked up, yeah. Yeah, it's like based on a Patricia Highsmith novel, which is The Talented Mr. Ripley. And it's directed by Adrian Lyne, who did Fatal Attraction, Nine and a Half Weeks, Indecent Proposal. He is like, uh, I would say he's like a... Erotic thriller god. Yeah, an icon of an erotic thriller genre. So, And I think it's his first the mov- first movie he's directed in 20 years. Yeah, it's kind of like a Unfaithful, comeback. Unfaithful, I think, was the last one. Oh, God, Unfaithful. I mean, yeah. a- Adrian, I was going to say, does Adrian line ever miss? But yeah, I mean, he does. So I'm going to say this. We're going to be talking about Deep Water. There are spoilers because it's an erotic thriller. So it's not like you can predict what the ending of this movie is going to be. So if you want to watch Deep Water, skip this part. Come back to it after you've watched it. If you don't care about spoilers, then there might be some spoilers during this part. So you've been warned. So, um, Michael, I've got to say right away, I love a movie that has been shelved 
like when a movie's filmed and then they don't release it right away because so much stuff happens in that time that can either impact the movie or not impact the movie. And in this case, Ben Affleck and Anna Armas are not still dating anymore. They, they broke up a long time ago and now he's dating JLo, as we all know. So And they it, didn't do any promo for this. This none. was just like put out. I think it was supposed to go into the theaters and they're probably like, they probably thought this is a piece of shit. Nobody's going to pay to see this. So we'll put it on Hulu because... Yeah. Would you have paid to see this in the theater? 100% yes. You would have? 100% yes. <laughs> you would not have? I don't know. I mean, I think it would have been worth it because I would have gotten popcorn. But if it was one of those movie theaters where they don't do snacks, I don't think I would have paid to see this. Yeah. So what it's basically... About is, I mean, I don't fucking know, but it's um, Ben Affleck is a husband. Mm-hmm. He made his money from selling drones or something, and now he's like just rich and the, he takes care of snails. They yeah, never the drone explained. technology. Yeah, I kept waiting for the snails to tie in, which they sort of did at the end, but not really. I thought the snails were gonna is we're gonna how. They got rid of the bodies. Yes. Yes. Okay. It was very like Chekhov's gun. Like this was Chekhov's snails. And I kept waiting for them to come back to the snails. And nothing happened with those snails. Yeah. He just, so he raises these snails. Nothing happens to it. Uh, Anna de Armas plays his wife. She looks like his daughter. Oh, the age difference is very stark on screen. (laughs) Because he, I mean, he just looks tired as shit. And like, He's just doing this for a check, but he looks like that in all his movies. Mm-hmm. And she, so yeah, she looks a y- lot younger. So she's his um, wife. They have a kid that she, who she hates. She hates this kid. She's like not into it. She's not into this kid. And the how long is this movie? Two hours? It's it's two hours. And I know this because um, I had to pause it. And at the uh, one hour 32 mark, I finally realized what the title meant. So I re- I could tell, okay, this is a two-hour long movie. It's two hours, but it honestly could be 45 minutes because a oh, yeah. lot of it is spent telling us the same thing. So a lot of it is scenes where Anna de Armas is drunk, horny, slutty. She's getting onto a guy who's not her husband. She's flaunting in front of her husband. Ben Affleck's friends are looking at him like, uh, do you see this? Yeah, and Ben it's- Affleck's like, I do see this because I am cucked, okay? Yeah, and it's just like... <laughs> scene after scene of that and we and like it's like we get it she's wild she's a slut she's horny yeah, yeah she's, she's having sex with anyone but her husband we understand every, yeah like it's it's softcore cucking porn we get it ben affleck yeah. is always looking constipated you know it's just it was the same thing over and over again but that's basically what it's about like anna Darmus is yeah fucking other guys yeah she and- doesn't care that her husband knows it he doesn't i mean he obviously cares but he he doesn't show it he like seems like he doesn't care until you realize that he does (laughs) yeah he's he's been accused of this is not necessarily spoiler because this is like presented very early in the movie he's been accused of uh murdering a man which he vehemently denies um and you're like to believe that it was one of her anna darvis's ex-lovers and well, it yeah, feels, it, it feels very. She fucked everyone yeah. in this movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, she it, except for the snails. It feels very Gone Girl. Like I was getting a Gone Girl vibe from the beginning until I realized, like, 
oh no, Ben Affleck does care that she's cheating on him constantly. He is going to do something about it, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, and that's basically the plot of the movie. I mean, there's yeah. not much of a plot. And it, the ending is like, what? There's not really... I mean, it's a mess, but it, to me, it is a piece of shit that was really watchable. And that's what I like in a movie. I like a piece of shit that is watchable. It's so, Yeah, there's so many parts to it where it's like the screenplay is... I feel like the story itself could be good because it is from based on a book from a writer who's like a really good like thriller writer. Um, but then there are so many choices that get made. Like there's one scene where Anna de Armas is acting with a mouthful of toothpaste. Yes. And, and I was like, like why? That's <laughs> why. Shoot this. Okay. I was really high when I was watching this. Okay. But what else is new? So, and if you partake in the good shit, I highly recommend you partake in it before, at, before, during, and after. Yeah. Because every scene, I would say out loud, like, what, what, what is this <laughs> choice? Like, there was another scene at a party where they're playing this drinking game. That oh my God, with the drinks on the with. back. Yes. And yes. she's on all fours with her cocktail on her back. So is a friend. And I'm like, what is this game? Like, I've never been this drunk before. I have never been to a party where they've been like, hey, let's play the game where we put full cocktails on our wives' backs and make them crawl across the lawn. For what? Like, For I... what? <laughs> yeah, it was things like that that you're like, what? And... uh, another thing that was one of my favorites were the car scenes because the car they didn't I mean I think this movie was supposed to look like a you know a late 80s cheap thriller yeah at least I hope so (laughs) because the car scenes like it it obviously wasn't filmed outside it was filmed in a studio I don't even think there was a green screen I felt like they just used tv screens and played like background scenes because it looked so bad and there oh was my this... god yeah it's like painted backgrounds like in the movie far from heaven where it's like matte painting where it looks like a christmas card it just it yeah. looks like such shit and there was a scene where she blows him in the car which first of all was so unsexy oh but god, I know. <laughs> what made it art what made it art and why she should receive an oscar for this is because she gets up and she pulls a pube out of her mouth yes I was like, oh my God, this movie is amazing. It's so good. Also, I love that it is supposed to be an erotic thriller. And like you said, it was like kind of softcore. I feel like this, I feel like it was one of those movies where I kept waiting for like a really nasty sex scene to happen. And it didn't fully happen. It felt like Disney's version of an erotic thriller sometimes. Well, it got like close. Like the blowjob yeah. scene in the car was them trying to be edgy. Yeah. He kind of eats her at eats For her like ass a at one point. Yeah, a mil- <laughs> I mean, and her panties are on. I know, and- but it's like literally like it's like rolls her over, two seconds later rolls her back over. I'm like, come on, that's yeah. not enough time. <laughs> the sex scenes are not hot. No. I mean they're they're not hot for an erotic thriller. No, but I I the one scene that I really loved, again, it's like there's so many great choices in this movie. Um Ben Affleck is in the movie, or he's in the car, again, one of the great, great car scenes of this movie, with Finn Whitrock, right? Like, that's the actor's name. And they have, in the back seat is their new dog. Like, Ben Affleck just adopts a dog in the middle of the movie. And so Ben Affleck is grilling Finn Whitrock, and it's kind of tense. And then they cut to the dog, and the dog is seriously looking yes. at them, like, why am I getting dragged into this? Well, also, there were two dogs. There was one dog 
that the little, I think it was a black and white dog. Yes. Then there was another dog that was in their house for some reason. It was one scene, it was a bigger dog. I think he was brown. Maybe I was, maybe I was on another level of high at this point and I hallucinated it. But they didn't even explain it. So that's what the whole movie was like. All these, like, what? All this, I, and the ending was also really what the fuck to me. Because it ends with the kid dancing or singing to some song in the car seat in the back. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, I was like, what the so like fuck? like the Bee Gees or something? Something, I'm like, this is an erotic thriller. And this is, you end like some Disney Plus series. With little, but the, I mean, that kid deserved that ending because that kid also, um, the kid knew um, her mom was a slut too. Oh, yeah. Remember she, the scene? Because yeah. she's like, mom is different. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, your mom is a goddess. Yeah. Your, yeah, your mom is drunk and she's on top of a piano right now. Living my dream. Yeah. <laughs> also, I love, I truly love to, yeah, because she's like super drunk a lot of the time in this movie. And at one point they're at a party and she just gets out a cookie dough and she's like, I'm going to make some cookies. And it's the sloppiest cookie baking I've ever seen. She just mashes a bunch of dough onto a pan. And well, she's it drunk. I know, but committed. I love it. She's though. committing to it. She's committing to it. But also, I truly love that type of choice where like I imagine Anna de Armas going into like the pre-production meeting and saying, I know that we have her uh, drinking and uh, dry humping on some guy, but what if we had her making cookies? <laughs> just apropos of nothing, I'm just gonna throw some cookies in the oven here. Real sloppy though, because I'm hammer drunk. And there's probably pubes in those cookies. Oh, absolutely. So, She's picking yeah. them out all over the place. Michael, out of if you had to give this movie something out of five stars, I think I'd five. Think yeah, five. five. <laughs> <laughs> For me. I know you would probably say zero. If, you would say zero if I could, but one. Zero if I could. Well, it, yeah, I watched it Stone Cold Sober, and I think that it would be the type of movie that would be fun to... It's the type of movie that's like what we're doing right now. It's fun to watch and then talk shit about it with a friend afterwards. During. During. Text to a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I talked out loud the whole time during. So don't watch it with me because it'll be annoying. Wait, so you, how many stars do you give it? You know what? I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it 3 stars because it there are some parts of it that are so so dumb. I can't give it a full 5. But then there are, but then yeah, there are other parts where uh here's the thing, it's educational. I learned that you have to um that a snail has to go poo before you eat it. There you go. You don't learn that in school. No, I didn't learn that from any of the Oscar nominated movies this year, so So there you go. Allison gives it three. I give it five. If you watch it and hate it, don't blame me. Blame the weed. Blame the weed shop. Call my weed shop and blame them for selling me the weed that I ingested while watching the shit that made me love it. Yeah. (laughs) So that ends this show. We'll be back next week with the Oscars Mm -hmm. (laughs) to see how we did. Um, Until then. Goodbye. Bye.